Welcome to the Deeper Dive podcast, where we dive deep into God's Word and discover together how to practically live as disciples of Jesus through the application of gospel truth. Well, welcome to the Deeper Dive, everybody. Here, all with all four of us back together again. Last week, we had Christian, who did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. I know, I thought I was going to get replaced. <laughs> we actually talked about that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Now, he did a great job. We're glad to have you back, too, Brooks. So, guys, we've been in uh, Ephesians now for quite a while. And on our three different campuses, what, have, what are some of the feedback that you guys have heard about these, these messages out of Ephesians? Yeah, I, th- I think it's... It is always interesting to me when we go back into a book, which, you know, if you've been through through any of the books with us, if you've been around Bethel for any length of time, we are typically in books. And so we had been in some, some topical series uh, over the fall. Um, actually, last year, Dave, you and I, before these guys showed up, we walked through the entire Gospel of Luke. Then we walked through Psalms over the summer. And now we're back in Ephesians. And um, the feedback has been good. And I would say, even asking you guys a question, I mean, it, it has been so good uh, to be in this book, to be considering the topics that Paul is bringing up. And I think we said this all at the beginning of the series, like how incredible and how relevant is the book of Ephesians to, you know, us in 2021 in North America. It's pretty incredible. I just, I think I said this actually a couple of weeks ago, but for me personally, just this message coming through this book of God's sovereign plan, and especially his plan of bringing everything, summing up everything or unifying everything in Christ, mm-hmm. that has been running in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I find it deeply affecting me. I, I, I love it. I just think it's great. I know, I know we're preaching it, but I feel like mm-hmm. I'm the biggest recipient of anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's my hope that we would be able to see the uh, whole themes in Ephesians and the whole theme in a the book. That's one of the things you get when you preach the text, like, yeah, you we're preaching this from verse one to the end, and you can see hopefully some some themes running week to week to week. Uh, and I know that me personally, I can go back and I I've, I've taken the time to read through the whole book of Ephesians several times, and uh, I can I've gotten different things out of it now because I'm seeing how things are connecting. I'm hoping that's the same way with our people too. Mm-hmm. That hey, we've been looking at Ephesians, go back and read Ephesians. Mm -hmm. Do you see new things popping out of how Paul is weaving things together through, through his letter? Yeah. I I was going to say, I've been, I'm noticing, we titled this the brand new we series through Ephesians and just, I'm noticing that more and more than I ever have in Ephesians, even just this week, the comprehending with all the saints, Mm -hmm. just these ways that Paul is talking to us as individuals, but his emphasis is, as the body and the family of Christ, this corporate nature. So that's been, I think, impacting me more than it has in the past. And it's been neat to see just how many ways Paul does that, whether he's using a plural or he's just talking in family language. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Like that. Well, I was going to play off both you guys, uh, Brooks and Adam. You guys talked about themes or threads that run through this book. So one of the themes or threads is, is prayer. There's some, I don't know if it's teaching on prayer, it's just, it just has some prayers that are just fantastic. All right, so today... Today's going to be interesting. Today we're going to look at how our physical posture in prayer can actually affect us. So that physical posture includes things like kneeling, bowing, standing, that that sort of thing, right? So just real quick, guys, we might have hit this a couple weeks ago, but like, what is your personal common 
posture in prayer. For me, the most common is at a desk with my Bible open with, with a journal open and a pen in my hand. I write out my prayers. Um, <clears throat> so I've got a prayer journal that I have written in for years. And there's prayers of desperation. There's prayers of joy. There's prayers of petition. There, um, uh, I don't know if there's any imprecatory prayers in there, but uh, yeah, the, there's all sorts of prayers in there that I have written out, and that's that is the most common posture is bent over a a table with a pen in my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I find that when I write things out, some, I don't know, yeah. yeah, I can think different think differently about it. Yeah, some people say you really haven't thought something through until you write it out. Okay, so good for you. Anybody else? What, what is you guys' common posture in prayer? So, yeah, if your question is most common posture in prayer, um, so it is eyes open. So I'm praying in the morning as I'm getting ready, walking around. I've got kind of a routine of there are specific things and specific people and ministries mm-hmm. that I pray for in specific days. And so, um, yeah, I it, it's it is it's not sitting down. It's not it's not Bible. Time. It's not that daily Bible intake, even though there's prayers before that, you know, sometimes throughout that. Um, but it is my morning routine is often walking around, the getting ready, uh, thinking through the day begins with thanking the Lord for as many things as I can possibly think of. But also the, the, another reason or another kind of posture to know is it is eyes open because a lot of my praying has actually gone up as I've had the commute from Prosser to Richland now. And so, yes, I do drive with my eyes open. Um, but a lot of that is just, it is dialogue with the Lord uh, in the car. It's about an hour in the car every day for me. Yeah, I'm similar, Jason. I on my, pray on my feet a lot. I like to get outside and jog. And I, I pray oftentimes when I do that. A lot of it happens just sitting down, driving. My commute is nowhere near Jason's, but... It's usually sitting. So, mm-hmm. have you guys ever deliberately done something different in regards to your posture? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What have you done, Adam? Yeah, there have been times where I've just felt compelled, like we're going to talk about today, to pray on my knees. And some of those are moments where, like, I just feel beat down by something, and so it's like the the natural posture. And there's times where I just feel like I need to I need to pray that way to sort of humble myself before the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, in Ephesians 3.14, Paul said he bowed his knees before the Father. So I think we look at that and we think, oh, that must have been pretty, pretty typical. He, he, he bows his knees, he, he kneels. But, so what was that? Was kneeling a common Jewish practice? Yeah, as we've been studying this text and uh, reading a number of commentaries, each one of us, um, yeah, we've discovered that this was not, it was not a common practice. I mean, it would, it would occur from time to time. And we, I think we'll even talk about how we see it on occasion in scripture, but by and large, people are praying eyes open, standing up. Um, if you've seen pictures of Jewish individuals praying, for example, at the wailing wall, right? You're going to see people looking up, looking forward, eyes open, praying, sometimes eyes closed, um, there are certain sects where they're actually like they're moving, like they're they're like rocking, and you know that particular sect they believe that um, in order for God to see you, you've got to kind of be on the move. If you're too still, you're not noticed, and so they're doing it essentially to be noticed, not by people, 
but by the by the Lord Himself. But um, that was kind of uh, Paul's uh, context. It was it was praying, standing, and so when he does say Dave in three fourteen that he bowed his knees before the Father, um, I think the people in Ephesus took notice of wow, this is a different posture. There's something. Uh, significant, yeah. and maybe even Brooks. I think you've used the word "desperate." That is is behind uh, Paul's prayer here. So the purpose of him bowing his knees. I, I, I hope this might sound really obvious, but what, what what indeed was the purpose of him bowing his knee, and people taking taking note of that? Toward what end was bowing that knee? So well, this is. Uh, 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 guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the only time that Paul says that he gets on his knees to pray. I think out of all the epistles, he I don't think he mentions it anywhere else that he, he, he has prayers, but he I think this is the only time he says he bows his knees before the Father. So perhaps some of our astute reader or uh, listeners could uh, mm-hmm. chase that down. Yeah, text, text nice in. Email yeah. Brooks. And, exactly. Nice little homework assignment. Be August at Bethel.ch. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Correctbrooks.com. <laughs> um, so to what end? I think that well, that I think alone. If it is if it is the only time that he says that um, he bows, it, it shows the it conveys the importance of his prayer. Mm. Um, it draws attention to when something is out of the ordinary, when something is different than uh, that you would normally do. Well, it draws attention to it. So I think that's a that's one. I think Paul is deliberately drawing attention to the importance of his prayer. So we should take extra, we should pay extra attention to, okay, what is he praying? Um, so I think that would, that would be the, the one thing. And, and remember, this was his readers. He's writing a letter to his readers. So they would be able to read it in a very similar way that we can read it today, that they could, they could take some time and, and really digest the words that, that Paul is praying. So I think that would be one. <clears throat> He's drawing attention to his the, the significance of his prayer. All right. Yeah, maybe even on top of that, like he's drawing significance to the one to whom he's praying. Mm-hmm. You know, the father, like a child before a father, but also maybe even like a royal figure of bowing before this, as Paul talks in this passage, this glorious king. Yeah. Submission. Who, yeah, reigns in his glory through all generations. So like a submission, a humility of before the king um, and a desperation. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's as he's as he's doing it, he's praying like, "Hey, these are things that we can pray, but also this is like this is what it looks like to relate to God." Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't command us bow, but he demonstrates that this is a way that you can come to God. Is it Philippians that says there a day is coming when every knee will bow yeah. before Him? Mm-hmm. Right, every every knee in heaven mm-hmm. on earth. Well, I was going to say, I mean, it says you know for this reason I I bow my knees. Um, just kind of a question that I've been thinking as we're going through this is. Is, is Paul saying, like, I, I literally got on my knees and I bowed my knees and I prayed this prayer for you? Or is it figurative? And he's saying, like, I, there is a desperate plea for God's power and God's love to be made manifest in you guys. Like, the, the you know, he says, for this reason, and the for this reason there is God is, God is creating a new people mm-hmm. from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And that is not possible, but Christ, like like his purposes, his eternal purposes and plans are being actualized. And Paul is like, this this does not happen naturally. 
It only happens supernaturally. And so when he even says, he very well could have got on his knees. He's like, this is my posture of prayer, but it is certainly the posture of his heart, I guess mm-hmm. we could say, of his desperation. And if you're, good. if you're listening to this podcast and you've got your Bible open or want to or want to switch your, uh, your screen on your phone and pull up your Bible app, the, this for this reason, what you were saying, Jason, is that he, there, God is creating a, a new identity in Christ. The, it's interesting. You can go back to verse, chapter 2, 11, uh, 11 through 22 is most likely this for this reason, which is the one in Christ. Um, and then... And then Paul actually kind of starts the prayer. He's he's almost going to start praying in in the beginning of chapter three. And I don't know if you guys notice this, but he almost gets like sidetracked mm-hmm. in his prayer because mm-hmm. <laughs> he says in verse in chapter three, verse one, he says, "For this reason, I, Paul, prisoner." And it's almost like he's about to go into a prayer, and then he gets so captivated by remember that you are one in Christ. He goes. He, he almost says the same thing again. This mystery of yeah. being a new race in in Christ. So it's such a big deal. This for this reason that we have a new identity that we are one people in Christ Jesus is such a big deal for Paul that he has to keep talking about it even before he gets to his mm-hmm. prayer. I don't know if anybody else has has been in that situation mm-hmm. where you start praying. And then you get sidetracked with like, oh yeah, I was going to pray about this, but all these other things came flooded into my mind. I feel like that's what happened to Paul here. Well, it is pretty cool if you get sidetracked, not simply because you're ADD, but you get sidetracked because of something that's like in this case, right. it is so beautiful and so awesome. It's like a giant magnet that's just say, pulling you back. <laughs> yeah, Paul gets sidetracked by the riches of Christ. Yeah. I get sidetracked good. by like yiping dogs. Yeah. <laughs> or my stomach yeah. growling. Yes. So... Okay, we've taken a look at kneeling in the book of Ephesians, kind of chase that down a little bit. So let's look throughout the Bible. So we're, you know, kind of our, our theme of the day is looking at how physical postures uh, in prayer can actually affect us. So like if we look throughout the word, what are, what are some of the other body postures in prayer that we see? Well, we do see kneeling. We, I mean, we've already talked about that. Um, Solomon, as they are dedicating the temple, He's standing before the entire congregation of Israel, and then it says in Second Chronicles six thirteen that the this king humbled himself. He knelt down. It says in front of the entire congregation of Israel. So you see that you go to Daniel, right? If we were to peek through the window, Daniel's praying three times a day through his open window towards and, Jerusalem. Yep, towards Jerusalem, and it is so everybody can see. I mean, it is it is a public demonstration, but. He's kneeling and he's praying and he's giving thanks to the Lord. So um, just to continue that thought, Dave, kneeling, mm-hmm. it does show up on occasion mm-hmm. in the Bible. But it's rare, right? It's not the, it's not normative. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Um, I guess that's a question. I mean, it's interesting because like, how do you define normative? The fact like Paul says he kneels, Jesus kneels, yeah. Solomon kneeled. So it's like, there's no explicit commands. You must kneel. Mm-hmm. But descriptively, some pretty important figures, like that's part of, their prayers. I don't know if they do it every time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's it's significant enough that like these people they all do it. Mm-hmm. And Jesus knelt the recorded time we see Jesus kneeling is is Gethsemane. Yeah. I mean it is on the eve of his mm-hmm. torture and death. Mm-hmm. And he's he's kneeling. so again if desperation is the right word I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, this was a desperate time for mm-hmm. Jesus pleading before the Father. And there are times where people lay just flat out on the floor yeah. out of desperation. Yeah. So that's another one, Dave, is that 
you know, just lying down face to the ground, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you see that a number of times in Scripture. Um, it says that Moses um, bowed low. So, like, there's a posture in between kneeling and, and kind of lying. So, whatever that looks like to to bow, I see him kind of on his hands and his knees, mm-hmm. almost like laying his head down, not lying in the dirt, but just getting incredibly low as yeah. he's uh, uh, appealing to and, and dialoguing with the Lord on Mount Sinai. Yeah. Yeah. On the other hand, you see, like, uh, Nehemiah before the king, he makes mm-hmm. that quick prayer, Right before the king's like, hey, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. And Nehemiah sends his prayer, Lord, help me. Mm-hmm. Boom. Mm-hmm. Just in his mind, right? Mm-hmm. You send, mm-hmm. send that right up to the Lord. Yep. Yep. Well, does the, does, do you guys think that the posture of our body affects our prayers, affects our, affects our inner person? Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, you put it, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, it was, we were it. talking through this. You, you said something, you said it really well. Do you remember what you said about I think that? I was quoting someone who says things really well. Okay. I think it's C.S. Lewis. I, I came across this in screw tape letters one time. And if you're not familiar with the book, it is it's C.S. Lewis's fictional take on sort of this like chief demon working for Satan and his nephew. He's trying to train him in the ways. And like when you read it, the enemy isn't Satan, enemy is Jesus. And so he's trying to train his his nephew on how to how to tempt and how to lead people astray. And he's talking about prayer and in the beginning of the book, he says, at the very least. Humans can be persuaded that the bodily position makes no differences to their prayers, for they constantly forget what you must always remember, uh, that they are animals and that whatever their bodies do affects their souls. It's funny how mortals always picture us as a, putting things into their minds. In reality, our best work is done by keeping things out. Mm-hmm. So C.S. Lewis, I, he was convinced, like through this writing, that like, there is a connection between our bodies and our inward person. And when you drop to your knees, maybe in humility and desperation, like it carries your inward person into that same kind of position and posture. Mm. Um, I mean, just think, Adam, just think how amazing it is for us. I mean, you know, highly educated people, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just talking about us four, just, just our society. But we can quite often be filled with pride. Mm-hmm. And so to go in and deliberately lay down flat out before the right. Lord, mm-hmm. or, or even kneel if you've never done it before, yeah. I can see where that would, that can really, that can affect you. Yeah. You know, it affects you deep on the inside. Mm-hmm. I, I, so I, I just had this thought in my mind. So um, with my younger kids, like I'm te- it's warming up. I'm teaching them how to throw a frisbee, you know. And so if you ever taught kids how to throw a frisbee, I always teach them like to follow through. And you do this with a baseball. You do this with all mm-hmm. kinds of things. But you follow through, and you end up at the end. You're pointing towards the target. And when you end up actually pointing towards it, most likely you're going to hit what you're actually aiming at, you know. Mm-hmm. And I wonder. Yeah, and sometimes in some ways, like you're talking about, Adam, um, if if we're actually even pointing at the at the at the right things, right? And mm-hmm. so, like some of those other postures that we see are people lifting up their hands. Right. Like I wonder if that's like the, my frisbee analogy. Like if it's like it's saying like God's not up in the clouds, right? But it is He is higher than us, and we are with outstretched arms, kind of pointing at our aim and our target. At other times, it talks about us lifting up our eyes. Like, mm-hmm. get your eyes off of, um, you know, it's it's it, this is hard. Like in 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 worship through song, but like get your eyes off of the worship leader. Like mm-hmm. that person is guiding us, or even off the words. Like you know the words. Lift your eyes up mm-hmm. to the one that the words are being expressed of. 
Yeah, even if, if you're like cognizant of your body, if you're like in some kind of conflict with someone and you're like feeling angry, if you like just stop and recognize like your body is tense, like your, your fist mm. might be clenched, your shoulders are tight. Like if you actually are aware of that and you release some of those things, like it, it does like provide some, some way of relaxation even on like mm. in your mind of like, okay, if I can like loosen up here, mm. then I can actually maybe put myself in a place to turn toward this person. So it, take so a deep sense, breath. You, your, your mind can almost follow your body. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And vice versa. And vice versa. Yeah. So the, the posture of kneeling then, we, we've kind of, I, I feel like we've kind of danced around this. We haven't just said it specifically. What does the posture of kneeling convey? Like, why would we, why would someone kneel? What, are you talking I, about? I think it's almost, I would dare to say it's almost cross cultural that when you kneel before somebody, you recognize their authority, mm-hmm. right? You just think of a, armies, uh, leaders that conquered other people, quite often they would put their feet on their neck, you know, and that's, that is so, de- that, that's, that's so demeaning, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. That's submission, yeah. right? It's, it's um, saying you're in a place of authority, I am not in a place of authority. Uh, the, the picture, I'm, I, I like geek out over Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. So uh, there's this picture that. Here we go. Yeah, Tolkien, okay. man. That's. Uh, the, no, the, the, this picture where um, uh, Pippin is before the king and he, he, he kneels before the king and he offers his service to the king. Um, and, and, uh, and obviously, we got this little hobbit offering his service to a great king. And he kneels before him, and he offers up his little sword that he has. It's probably like the size of a dagger. But he, he's basically saying, hey, you are, you are king. I am mm-hmm. not. I offer my service to mm-hmm. you. Um, and, yeah, so I think of, like, submission. I think of a, a acknowledging authority. Um, and all of this, if you're talking about, hey, we, our body posture actually affects our, our soul a little mm-hmm. bit, what that is doing is it kind of reminds us, it, hey, remember, you're a creature, and he's creator. Mm-hmm. So – do you think we could deliberately vary our body posture doing that? Do you think that could give a bump to our spiritual life? Well, I, to your question, Brooks, you know, where I have seen people, uh, I think most significantly bowing or kneeling is in desperation. I've been with a number of people in hospitals. Mm-hmm. And I remember a scene where somebody was in ICU, they couldn't get to them. And there was family members kneeling like like pleading in desperation to the Lord, putting their hands, placing their hands on the wall for the person that's on the other side, but just getting on their knees, not because God hears, like the channel of communication opens up and it's more clear when you're on your knees. It was for them. It wasn't for the Lord. Like it was humble desperation. Well, Brooks, you've, I mean, you've kind of taken to this, challenged us a little bit here to make sure we actually know what kneeling means and stuff. What, what would you say, to our listeners, right? What, what would be an appropriate challenge to our people in light of what we just discussed in the last 20 minutes? Well, I would encourage people not to approach prayer the same way. Um, so my mind immediately goes to uh, our acts of worship and engagement with the Lord is often uh, cultural, where our culture informs uh, how we interact with the Lord. And that's all fine and good. I would encourage us to say, hey, um, is there ways that we can interact with the Father in, in physically, in our physical posture, 
um, that might be a little bit different than what we ha have normally done. So, I mean, I would even go, hey, I'll rock the boat here a little bit. Hey, in worship, like, could you raise your hands in worship or take your hands out of your pockets and at least put them up <laughs> a little bit, palms up? Um, what, is, what will that do to your soul? What does that do to your mm -hmm. mind um, in, in prayer? I think the, the opening question that we asked is really good. I mean, let's just ask that of our listeners. Do you have a common, what is your most common prayer posture? Um, even thinking through that, maybe people have never thought of that before. What is our most common prayer posture? And let's just put that in, in front of you. What is your most common prayer posture? And, and is there, is there any, any reason for you to, to change it up? Um, mm -hmm. Go on a walk, pray with your eyes open. Uh, take some, take five minutes to, to kneel down at the end of your bed and pray. Um, yeah. What, what are, I would just, I would just challenge our, our people to any listeners that are listening. Yeah. Ask yourself that question. And is there, is there a reason for you to change it up? Is there, what benefit might there be? Mm -hmm. Very good. Okay. Good challenge for us, Brooks. Thank you guys. Thanks for joining us this week. Listen in next week as we continue to encourage each other to practically follow Jesus through the application of gospel truth. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so, because we'd love to continue to dive into God's Word with you. We'd also love to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch, you'll see all sorts of ways to connect, serve, and worship with our church body. Finally, please consider sharing this podcast with your friends by word of mouth or on social media. Have a blessed week.